0: All right, so I think we are ready to go. So what's going on, Brothers Baseball Podcast Nation? So tonight you'll have me, host Travis, and host Miles here at BBP. So we want our audience to know that we're just two dudes that love the game of baseball. So in our very first episode, we will talk about a hot-button issue, and that is scandals within the baseball industry. So let's set the stage by understanding some scandals that have occurred in our past. So for starters, let's focus on the most important scandals in our eyes. So here we go. First, let's start with the Louisville Grace. Cheating in baseball isn't something new. However, here at Brothers Baseball Podcast Nation, we don't condone cheating. We want our listeners to know that cheating is cheating no matter the circumstance. So, according to the this is what is said, or this is what was said about the Louisville Grays. In the second year of the National League, the 1877 Louisville Grays held a four game lead with 20 games to go. The team, world beaters at this point, suddenly went 1 9 and 1 and fell. The Grays suddenly found themselves seven games behind Boston reporter for the Louisville Courier-Journal, our very own John A. Heldman, unearthed the source of collapse. Four players, Jim Jevlin, George Hall, Al Nichols, and Bill Craver, were implicated in throwing games with gamblers. History shows that evidence cannot be proven, guilt cannot be proven beyond reasonable doubt. But The <clears throat> league banned all four individuals for life. It was one of the first major moves against the foundational ties between the game between gambling and the sport, Dick Higman, while not involved in the Grace scandal, became the only empire in history to be banned from the game in eighteen eighty two. The Detroit the Detroit Wolverines owner hired a private investigator to Higman's system of rigging the team's games. Host Miles, what's your opinion on the Louisville Grays?
1: For me it's uh it's black and white. Um you know, you cheat, you have to pay a punishment, you know, and, and that's the way it's always been. That's the way I was raised, that's the way things were brought. You just don't cheat. You know. Getting upper hand advantage from second, totally different story. But to throw games. That's not baseball. It's not what we fell in love with.
0: So I'll, wow. I I will completely agree with you in that, um, you know, still in signs from second. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that, even though uh, it's become a normal part of our game. Throwing games in order to gain money or fame, or anything for that matter, is not really the correct way of thinking, according to how we've been raised here, at brother base brothers baseball podcast nation. So, let's move on to our second biggest scandal. Are y'all ready? You might know this scandal. It's about the 1919 Black Sox. sportser.com says a following about this case. There are rumblings before the 1919 Black Sox scandal. A 1908 New York Giants team physician was banned from baseball After failing to bribe an umpire to ensure New York captured the pennant in a tiebreaker game. Connie Mack, owner of the Philadelphia Athletics, showed most of his key players after suspicions arose that the team threw the 1914 World Series to spite him. These marks on the game came to a head in one of the gravest scandals in all of professional sports. After the White Sox lost the best of nine World Series to the Reds 5-3, to three, rumors emerged that the fall classic was thrown. Eight players, including Shoeless Joe Jackson, Eddie Chicote, and Claude Lefty Williams were included in the game-fixing scandals. The news shocked a war-weary public. Major League Baseball hired Judge Kenneshaw. Mount Landis as a commissioner, granting him complete control to clean up the league. Despite seven of the Qs being acquitted in court, Judge Landis banned everyone for life. For what it's worth, Shulish Joe had 12 hits in the series and batted an astounding 375. Host Miles, what is your take on that? Travis, you just say three seventy five, three 375.
1: 375, right? Like, yes, like point like three, like there's no zero in front of any of that, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely absurd. You know, for for somebody to be just blamed for throwing a game, I don't care how many games it is, but for somebody to bat three seventy five, they're not throwing a game. I promise you. I promise. Shoeless Joe had nothing to do with it. You don't bet 375 and, you know, walk out proud with a loss or be comfortable losing a series like that. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, Personally, they didn't have enough evidence to find them guilty. But yet, in my eyes, they tried to come down and try to make them as you know the the case the, the case of the MLB and throw the book at them and you know show them what powers they do have but I feel like they use their powers
0: wrong and against the wrong people so that's a a very interesting take on that whole situation so let's shift our focus to Pete Rose, which I know that's a hot-button issue on all Major League Baseball fans in general. I think we can all agree that this man is a hitting legend. However, since we were talking about scandals, we need to address the elephant in the room. According to Sportster.com, Pete Rose, the MLB all-time hit king and other members of the league – four thousand hit club finds himself alongside Ty Cobb allegations of Rose betting on baseball merge while he was managing we need a we need to make that important managing the Cincinnati Reds. Commissioner Giamatti launched an investigation through David Dowd. Dowd's, Dowd's investigation took three months at which point Rose voluntarily, like I said, voluntarily agreed to accept a lifetime ban. Rose maintained his innocence until he admitted the truth in a 2004 autobiography. During a speaking engagement on ESPN Radio, Rose claimed he bet on his team every night because he loved and believed in them. He did everything in his power to win. Rose's ban renders him ineligible from the Hall of Fame consideration. He has petitioned for reinstatement, or at least his name, to be resubmitted for induction. But the MLB has repeatedly turned him down. Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose says he still hasn't given up hope on Cooper's down. But for now, the Hall of Fame has turned its back on a legend. legend. What, is, what is your take on that? So despite every allegation that has been...
1: For me, you know, when you started this, you said manager. Okay. Okay. When he became a manager, that doesn't take away from the athlete he was when he played. Period and point blank. I will argue with anybody, anytime. Pete Rose deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose is one of the greatest batters to bat in the majors. Hands down. You cannot convince me different. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. And right now. My biggest fear is they're not going to let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame until he's dead and gone 20 years down the road. They'll look at the stats and be like, wow, he's really great. And that's too late. He needs to be able to enjoy this moment with his friends, his family, everything. He deserves it more than some people do, I believe. So I think I would agree with you
0: on he he
1: he deserves it
0: more than some other people however how do you separate between player and manager because I think that's what we're going to get to later in the episode and talking about uh, the Astros especially with what you have going on with uh, AJ Hinch which is the current manager of the Astros and then you have the manager of the Boston Red Sox um, completely losing his name. And then you have Carlos Beltran, Beltran, which is the current manager of the Mets for the upcoming 2020 season, but he was one of the players for the Astros. Um, so how do you differentiate between managers and players in this uh Obviously, we'll get this into get get into this a little bit later on. So, so we're going to shift our focus to since we already talked about Pete Pete Rose, now we're going to talk about what's happened here in the recent years. So, for this part, we'll hone in on the Yankees when they accused the Boston Red Sox of stealing signs via. In Apple Watch. This is what that the Washington Post had to say about the story: the time-honored, widespread, and mostly hidden practice of signs, signs stealing, base signs stealing in baseball, was thrown into scandal Tuesday with a report saying Major League Baseball had confirmed the New York Yankees' accusations that the rival Boston Red Sox had stolen their catcher signs and relay them to their own hitters with the help of an apple watch so before going into further detail assuming that this is true that the catchers receive these signs how do you feel about that for me you know they they know
1: you know, anybody in that dugout is not allowed to have electronic device. <clears throat> Period. Point blank. No smartwatch. No smartphone. It's not there. Any technology you might need is provided for you. And for me, to bring that to life, you know, is is is, is it's not fair. That's not something that you want to be a part of. Is being the first people to. In their eyes, outsmart the system.
0: Completely understand that. So, to to go more in depth on this story, according to the New York Times Times report, the Yankees filed a complaint with the commissioner's office two weeks ago that included the video the Yankees had shot of the Red Sox dugout during a series Friday, Friday at Fenway Park. August 18th through the 20th. In the video, the report said a member of the Boston Red Sox training staff could be seen looking at his Apple Watch in the dugout and then relaying information about the pitch type and location to the Boston players. At Oriole Park at Camden Yards, where the Yankees were set to play the Baltimore Orioles on Tuesday night, Yankees manager Joe Girardi, now manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, confirmed of the Times report about the Red Sox saying it's something we've suspected, but he declined to discuss specifics about the complaint or the investigation. Furthermore, according to the Times report, the Red Sox filed a counter complaint accusing the Yankees of similar electronic sign-selling measures. Using cameras from the Yankees' Yes Network, according to the accusations, Girardi said, no chance. In Boston, where the commissioner, Rob Manfred, was making a regularly scheduled appearance at Fenway Park during that series, he largely downplayed the story, confirming only the accusations were made, that investigation is ongoing, and will be resolved soon. To the extent that there was a, viola- a violation on either side, Manfred, Manfred said we are 100% com- comfortable. That is not – let me repeat – that is not an ongoing issue. David Dombrowski, the president of baseball operations for the Boston Red Sox, answered at answered questions at the news conference Tuesday – about his team stealing signs from the rival New York Yankees using an Apple iWatch. The accusations come as the Red Sox are attempting to hold off a fast closing Yankees in a battle for the American League East title. After winning 3 of 4 from Boston last week at Yankee Stadium, then winning Monday at Baltimore, the Yankees also lead the AL Walker race, move within two and a half games of the Red Sox earning. Tuesday night's game. The teams do not play each other again this season, which is absolutely key for you to know about the situation. When you have that kind of rivalry, when you have that kind of rivalry that the Yankees and the Red Sox have, Manfred said in this Boston said in Boston, it's not so- it's not shocking that you could have charges and counter charges like this. According to the Times report, which cited several unnamed people familiar with the matter, the Red Sox, after being presented with evidence, admitted to MLB trainers had received signals from video replayed personnel and then relayed information to players in a practice that had been ongoing for the last several weeks. The Red Sox told MLB, however, that manager John Farrell and president of baseball operations, David Ombrowski, were not aware of the practice. While sign selling mostly by base runners on second base, who have mostly unfettered view of the catcher, has been accepted a part of baseball gameship for decades and has caused occasional riffs when it comes when it comes to practice. So in the case of Boston's accused of address transgressions and its illicit use of electronic devices, that could land the the organization in trouble. We actually do not have a rule against sign-stealing. It's been a big part of the game for a very, very long time, said Manfred in Boston. As you all know, he's the commissioner of baseball. It's electronic equipment that creates the violation, which we will note in our later on in this episode. And I think it's the rules against electronic equipment, has a number of policy reasons behind them. But one of them is that we do not escalate attempts to figure out what a pitcher is going to throw, introducing technology or electronics into that mix. At a news conference in Boston, Dan Broski downplay the accusations at one point laughing when and if he thought sign selling in itself was wrong. No, I don't. The said, I guess it depends on how you do it, but no, I never thought it was wrong. I guess everybody in the game has been involved with it throughout the years. People are trying to win. however, They can. It's an edge that they try to gain. Sometimes the sophistication of catchers' signs can make the difference. Dombrowski also implied the Yankees had chosen to leak the story on Tuesday because they knew Manfred would be at the park at Fenway and thus accessible to reporters. It was unclear what penalties Manfred was considering should he find team, the team guilty of breaking the game's rules. But he all ruled the possibility of vacating wins, saying there is no precedent for any such punishment. The most penalties will be a fine or the loss of one or more future draft picks. So what is your take on that, Miles? What is your take? I mean... <clears throat>
1: First and foremost, you know, is this is this big brother and little brother stuff going on? You know, are are we going to tattletale because we got caught? Is that, is that what it's turning into? Is he said, she said, I got in trouble first, so I'm going to blame my little brother. There's no respect in that, first off. Second off, as I said earlier, you know, each organization at this point, knew the electronic capabilities inside the dugout. What was allowed and what wasn't. And nothing was allowed unless what was provided for you. And so for me, I mean, I I don't feel, I feel like they should have done more into
0: it um, more investigation I feel like so when you say they should have dug more into it do you think the commissioner should have dug more into it like should he have investigated that specific team and um, all teams in Major League Baseball or just the teams in the AL or the NL I think it should have just been
1: investigated as far as who got accused
0: okay I um, think that's fair
1: because, as I said earlier, it's it's baseball. Sign-stilling will never go away. Never. And, you know, they're at the highest level. They're competing for that millisecond edge that they have to swing early, to swing late, you know, than they normally do. And so, for me, it's just – it should have been done – and it should have actually been proven or not proven there's no you can't punish unless you actually have yes or no so with that being said i mean that's
0: that's where i stand so i think with your opinion i think that kind of shifts us in our focus to the middle of the Houston Astros scandal as we speak, what do you think? Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. I think it's one and the same. I do. So,
0: um uh, Brothers Baseball Podcast Nation, you know, we don't know how you feel. Um, we would just want you to know that here at BBP, we love the history of the game and the current time frame of Major League Baseball. So, According to video from John Boy Media, J O M B O U, or B O Y M E D I A, you can YouTube him. Um, I just spelled it out for you. He compiled evidence of noises based on what pitches were coming from the opposing pitchers coming from the Astros dugout during the course of the 2017 season. And for all of major league baseball and baseball fans in general that is when uh the Astros won <laughs> the championship in quotations won so each bang from the dugout uh hypothetically or not until proven represented some type of pitch that would be thrown from the opposing pitcher so, uh, let's say, for example, one rep one would represent a fastball, two re- two would represent a changeup, and two and three would represent uh, a curveball, slider, etc. So, the most speculation, the most recent speculation, is that the Houston Astros also use buzzing devices worn by the players although this hasn't been proven uh this is also this has also been presented um if this is true host miles how do you feel as a fan of baseball like how do you feel so not only does does this go above electronic stilling but this is also representing to a player on the field with a buzzing device on their hand how does that make you feel? If you're a player and you're receiving those type of um, indications from your dugout etc. How would, how would you feel as a hitter? Um, how would you feel as a Coach, how would you feel in general? Like, would you feel guilty for cheating? Would you not feel guilty for cheating? I mean, as far as being a catcher in that situation,
1: being the opposing catcher and having, you know, the team I'm facing, having the buzzing, the being of trash cans, the whistling, any of that at all is beyond frustrating. Um, Because I will tell you right now that each and every catcher loves the game. Loves the game. Which is exactly why they call their own games. They know their pitcher. They know where he's at. They know what he needs. They know what he can throw. And they also know everything about the batter. It's not one-sided. They know what's going to strike out the batter. Or ground out. Or... And do say pot fly. So as a catcher, I could not imagine playing in such a game where I felt as if the hitters were on top of me. Because as a catcher, you have to be one step up. You know, and as I've said before, sign stealing will never go away. It will never not be a part of baseball.
0: So it I just... think my one of my questions to you, do you think – do you think sign sealing, even though it's been a part of baseball for the for the longest time, do you think sign sealing is correct? Do you think it's okay? Do you think uh runners on second base, uh, first base and third base, if they had a true visibility, true visibility of what is going on with the catcher, do you think it is okay? Or do you think runners on every single base should just let it go.
1: So for me, I mean, you know, I was both aspects, you know, I was, I was rarely on second, so let's not get crazy, but you know, at the same time it was, there's a method to my calls, you know, there's a method to the way I signed to the pitcher. It wasn't just one down means throw me a fastball, you know, we would switch it up per inning. We would go, you know, first signs, the pitch, to second sign, to third, you know. And it changed. It never stayed the same. And if the opposing team wants to leave something the same, capitalize on it. I, I don't – I'm not going to say I agree with it, but I will say I understand where it's coming from because they are literally at the highest level. And that
0: millisecond could make or break the game. So I, I think I agree. I think I would agree with you in this situation because, um, if you look at John Boyd Media, like I said earlier, um, every one of these pitches. meant the difference in the game. It could have been a home run. It could have been a single. It could have been a double, et cetera. So, with that being said, if the commissioner of baseball could approve, could prove, him and his team could approve that every single one of these allegations are true, um, banging on the trash cans, whistling, buzzing, Buzzing devices worn by the players. Um, How – this is the biggest question that I want to get at. How do you think the Astros should be penalized now and going forward? What do you think? So,
1: I mean, for me, if they can prove that buzzing devices were worn – However long the cheating scandal has been going on, however far it's going to go back, by the time we get to the end of this, because I'll tell you right now, we're not at the end of it. We're just at speculations. It's going to come up being longer or shorter. But quite frankly, however long that was, you take away that many years of draft picks. You take away... That much of the international bonuses, the international signings you know restrict them to one signing under a million dollars or at a million dollars so with that being year.
0: so with <laughs> that being said, do you think uh different determined on how many years the commissioner determines that they were accused of cheating and it was determined they were cheating during those years should they be removed from The postseason, that is the biggest question. So for me, flat out, I'm going to say no.
1: Um, Teams change, managers change, uh, upper echelon changes. And for me, you cannot – this is not a college organization where it's, you know, one and done, they'll play for a year and they'll see you later. This is – a career, this is where they're gonna stay at for you know as as long as they can, and so for me, with all the trades, I don't see how you can ban them from the postseason, but what I will say is they should vacate their World Series period,
0: so I completely get that. So with Host saying he believes that they they need to vacate their 2017 World Series title, this is what I think if I obviously hypothetically were the commissioner of baseball, I think they need to punish the Astros to the fullest, fullest, fullest extent, assuming all evidence that is brought to light is true. They need to find the Astros to the max, remove draft pick, remove draft picks, remove international money, and ban them for the postseason, determining on how many years they're accused and proven to be cheating. So the goal, I think ultimately the goal is to prevent this issue from happening again. I think you would agree that host oh, miles, wouldn't you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the only thing I disagree with is the postseason uh, ban. Um, but everything else I, I 100% agree with. Um, I'm not a fan of cheating. Um, I'm not a fan of the electronic use of cheating, um, especially not in the game that we grew up loving. You know, that that was never it was never a part of our game. Back when we played, you know, and to me, it's just I—I I feel like the Houston Astros at this point in time should be the ac- the absolute demonstration of what happens when you cheat to that severity. I mean, point blank and period. Throw the book at them, minus the postseason
0: ban. So you heard it from host Miles. You've heard it from host Travis, but I think the most important thing that I want our listeners to understand and host Miles would agree to this we want our listeners to never stop loving the game of baseball regardless of what happens and that is going to conclude our first two episode together our th- third episode of our first season and that's really about it guys Thank you for for listening. We appreciate it.